Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Prayer is a conversation that should lead you to a deeper uh, relationship with your Heavenly Father. Let me say it again. Prayer, it's a conversation that should lead you and I to a deeper relationship with God. Are our prayer lives leading us to a deeper relationship with Jesus? Because if it's not, there's something needs to shift in how we pray. Amen? Because if we're not careful with God and we have just wasted time, that's the ultimate part of prayer. Yes, we receive blessings. For anything else, prayer should lead you to an encounter with your Father. You see, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, what did he begin with? Our. Say it again. Our. Do you know why I get you guys to repeat things? So you don't fall asleep. No. Because then you, you receive it. You know, when you repeat something, you remember it. Our Father. Now, you've got to understand that term was never used before um, in the Old Testament unless he was referred to the Father of nations, right? He wasn't their personal Father. So, what is Jesus doing? He's breaking mindsets and cultural barriers. Our Father, until the very end when he's on the cross, and when God had to look away, he said, My God, why have you forsaken me? He said, My God, so we can stand and say, My Father. That is the basis of prayer. It's Father. Father, said this, he said, our Father, made it personal, you're a direct child of God, but it's only made possible because of Jesus. It's only because of Jesus that we can pray, okay? Our approach to prayer. Now hear this, when we pray, see, okay, so when we pray, we use this one line, we always do it. We do this. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for the food we're about to receive. We thank you, Father, for um, all the millions of dollars I'm about to receive by lunchtime tomorrow, Father. And we do all this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. We see that line, in the name of Jesus. And we think it's like the magician line. It's like, a, and, and we receive this now, abracadabra, kapoof. And like that name, in the name of Jesus, it has to get done. It's the magic formula for prayer. Has anyone ever done that? Lord, I thank you for a parking spot. I know Leon spoke about it. I'm the prayer of parking spots because I can. Jesus supplies all my needs according to his grace and good riches, so he supplies my parking spot. In the name of Jesus, let it be done. Where's my parking spot? I said in the name of Jesus. And you're not listening? I did the line. Your Bible says in the name of Jesus. What's going on? It says this in 1 John 5.14. This is, ah, before I say that, Jesus means this. It means you're praying with his authority, you're praying with his backing, and you're praying with his boldness, which you want to use my money, you got money, he's your money. She's switched on that one, hey. And um, there are times where I say no, because a good father knows when to say no. There are times I say not yet, because a good father knows the right timing of when to give the gift, and then a good father knows when to say yes. Don't be discouraged when you've prayed and you haven't heard. You believe that God hasn't heard you. He's either saying no, because he knows it's not good for you. Maybe he's saying not yet, just wait and see that I'm faithful. Or he's going to say, yes, it's ready and it's time. He's always listening. But are we receiving what he's saying? Pray according to his will. Okay? You know, it's crazy. Jesus said this. Jesus prayed, Father, take this cup from me. Your will be done. You know why he could say that? He could say that because he trusted his father. He knew his father so well that he knew his ways. Yeah, it's hard. You know what? The more 
you devour His Word. The more you spend time in the presence of God, the more you start to worship, you start to trust Him. You start to lean on Him more. You start to be able to say, you know, I know you're a good, good Father. I've read your Word. I know that you're always for me. I know that you're not against me. I know you love me. So whatever your will is, I'm praying it in. Let it be done. Because I trust you. It's like my kids, honey, Judah, not yet, but trust me. I will look after you. And he takes that word and he goes, it's as good as done. My father has spoken. It's done. The closer you get to his heart, the more we know who he is, the more we pray prayers that are aligned to his will. And then we can approach in prayer with confidence, not because of who we are. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with me. We don't approach God because we're good. No. We approach God because of everything about Jesus and who we are in Christ. It's actually about Jesus. Here's an example. I I was talking to someone. I need to get something done. And he goes, hey, um, all you need to do is mention my name. I was like, really? He goes, mention my name and he'll look after you. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Caught him up. It's like, hey, all right. And you could see he was stressed. He's like, nah, man, I can't. Uh. Like, oh, I got, a, I got your number off, blah. Oh, yeah, we're friends. Man, I can come tomorrow. I'm like, no, wait, really? I'm there tomorrow. I'll get it done. Don't worry. I'll look after you. Oh, my gosh. All because I dropped one name. You know, God responds to our prayers not because of who we are. It's because Jesus intercedes. And when we approach him, we go, hey, God, I know somebody. His name is Jesus. And I'm in him and he's in me. Oh, you know Jesus? Watch me pour everything out on you. That's how we approach him with confidence because of Christ. He's the only one that can bring you in Christ. Ephesians says this, for through him, say him, through who? The right answer. We both have access to the Father by one spirit. We have access. Now, why does he use the word access? Bit of a history lesson. Do you guys mind this? This is key to your prayer life, please. Back in the day, in ancient times, you could not have access to the king without an invite. I don't know if you know this. Access to the king by invitation alone. So when God says, when Paul says, now you have access, that means you can approach a holy God through prayer with that much boldness and confidence. And then it says here, and goes, and goes, and whatever you pray, you know that he hears you. All because of Christ. You have this access to God. Why don't we access him more than we should? Why do I access Netflix? I just binged Money Heist. <laughs> don't watch it unless you're over 18. No, no, I'm joking. But how do I give more time to a Netflix show than my father? Let's be honest. We have access to God. I'm going to talk about my next love house. Come, and this is the sum of David. Now, this is where David committed adultery. Um, and he got someone killed. And this is what he says in Psalm 51. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take hold, take not your Holy Spirit from me. And Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart. Say, guard my heart. 
Guard it with all you have. I promise you, guard it with everything you have. And I'm going to look at three areas where we need to guard our hearts because when you don't guard your heart, you won't have a thriving prayer life. Hey, you can talk Christianese as much as you want. You can get the mic. You can say the right words. Hallelujah, praise your brother high or fist pump. You can do all that. You can even speak in tongues. But if our heart's tainted, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will eventually speak. So... The first thing to taint your heart is offense. Not a fence, offense. Praying. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. All right, we've heard that line. Do you know what the context for that is? I'll read it to you real quick in verse 20. This is really cool. I love how Jesus works. In verse 20, talking about a lesson from the withered fig tree. Let's read says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away by its roots. And Peter remembered that Jesus said to him, and Jesus said, he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. And Jesus had answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, it's condition, heart, we'll talk about doubt in a minute, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done. Therefore I tell you, whatever you are, say whatever. We've heard this so many times. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it will be yours. And whenever, and, 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 whenever you stand praying. So believe in your heart. Whatever you say, it's yours. We love that as Pentecostals. We love a Protestant. We take that verse. Whatever I ask, it's mine. It's mine. But Jesus then says, and, CJ. He says, and, Jade. You know what? And is actually a conjoining word. It means I'm about to join this statement to this truth, and you can't have one without the other. It's not a comma. It's not a full stop. It's and. And he goes, and, when you pray, when you stand and pray, if If you have any unforgiveness, forgive. You can't have one without the other. Unforgiveness will block the miracles coming from your life because it's the root of bitterness that will eat you up. But why is that? See, God's promises are for you. Say they're for me. You were not, but, 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 but there's conditions to his promises. <gasps> Did you know that? I just thought God just gave me everything good. He's a good, good father. There are conditions to promises. I promise my kids a lot of things, but if they don't, it, like there's certain conditions for them receiving goodness from me, right? And so one of them is forgiveness. Why does he put a condition? Well, here's the thought. You need faith to move a mountain. Yep. You need faith to pray those big, big, bold prayers. Am I right? If you're after a miracle, you need faith. Am I correct? Yes? Okay, you need faith to move a mountain. Jesus says it takes faith. Hebrews 11, it says, faith pleases God. Amen? We know that to be true. In order for faith to be released from us, it is operated through love. And love forgives. We have faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. Why? Because we cannot walk in faith without love. So if you have hatred in your heart, if you have bitterness towards someone, if you are offended with someone, the love won't flow through. You can't operate in faith. And it stops the flow. Just try it. Get offended and see what happens. You'll stop praying eventually. You start blaming that person. Start playing the, the group. You start blaming the church. You start blaming the world. You start blaming everyone but ourselves. And I've been here. We're held hostage to hate and bitterness and unforgiveness. See, love releases us and allows us to approach God without hate in our hearts. So what do you need to do? 
See, the Bible says this in Matthew 5. Love your enemies. And what do we do to those who persecute you? Pray. You, know, you don't pray cursing from heaven to come down. It's not what it says. God, kill them. You don't do that. God, I love you. Take him out. He's not a hip man. He doesn't suggest you to like them or ignore them. He just says pray for them. The moment you start to pray for someone, for God to bless them, you, your heart starts to change. Your heart starts to change. Might not happen straight away. You, do, do, do you forget what's done to you? No. Do you forgive it so you're set free? Yeah. Trust me, things have been done to me in the past. I should be holding grudges. Really bad, big grudges. But I wouldn't be here today. Flow, like the way I am with Christ if I kept this unforgiveness in my heart. Stops you. Number two, unbelief. The second thing that can taint your heart is unbelief. Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, God doesn't react to need. He responds to faith. He is not going to react because you have need. He's going to respond because you have faith. Amen? Faith pleases God. Why? Because faith is this complete assurance that despite whatever is happening around you, you say and you believe that your God is ultimately good. He's in control and we completely trust in God. That's what faith looks like despite our circumstances. And that pleases Him because we know He's good and we believe in that. Hmm. Approaching prayer with this Fundamental belief that God is good and that we can trust Him allows us to pray without doubt and unbelief because He hears us. See, James says this. He says, no, turn back on. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, me most of the times, then you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. How good is your God? He doesn't find fault in you. That, that's a, that, ah, oh, He's so good. But, everybody say, But. B-U-T, there is condition when you ask, and this is the condition. See, his promises have condition. He'll give you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubt is like a wave of the seas, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect anything. So if you have doubt, you won't expect anything. But if you know his will, if you know that you approach him because you're a son of God, you approach him with Christ in me, why do you need to have doubt in your heart? When you pray, you must believe and not doubt that we have asked. So when you pray, ask yourself, does it line up with his word? Praying for a miracle, praying for healing, praying for peace, praying for favor. It does line up with his word. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. He wants you saved. Is that true? Then when you pray those prayers, pray without doubt because it's his will for your life. Go after it. Do not doubt in your heart because doubt hinders prayer and trust releases faith. So fill your word, fill your life with this. What's the Bible say? Faith comes by? No. Faith comes by? Louder. The word of God. Don't have faith for it. My encouragement is this. Get this into you. I, every night this year, I go to bed with the Bible on in the background. Start at Matthew, I end up in Peter. 
Do the same thing the next night. Do the same thing the next night. Do the same thing the next night. It's the best. Get it in you. And the third thing that can take that can taint your heart is pride. One of the biggest killers of a thriving prayer life is pride. Why? Because pride says, I don't need you, God. Pride cuts us from God. When I was unsaved. And um, they were having dinner and Bart and they were praying. And Bart goes, Dear God, we paid for all this food ourselves. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> When we don't pray, we believe that we've done it all ourselves and we don't need God. There's a lesson there. But the Bible says to approach him. What does it say? It says, in James, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Always remember, yeah, we, we worked for it. We slaved hard. He provided that job. He gave you the ability to make wealth. He's the one who gave you that house. He's the one who blessed you with that family. He's the one. He, every good and perfect gift. So we can't walk in pride. I need him. Amen? And to tackle pride, because we've been there, because, you know, you don't pray unless things go bad, right? That's what people do. People don't pray unless things go bad. Then we pray. But when things go good, we think we don't need you. I've got this under control. I don't really need to pray. But we always pray, because it's to deepen our relationship with God. And when things are going well, the Bible says this. It says, but being anxious for nothing. Oh, I'm not anxious at the moment, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Approach him with a thankful heart. Father, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for my family. I think they have breath in my lungs. I think that my family is safe. Thankfulness kills pride. And it stops us from having a tainted heart to approach him. My last point is this. If prayer leads us to an encounter with our Father, why don't we do it? Because so often we can get distracted by the things in life that stop us from encountering him. The third thing that stops you from praying and me is a distracted life. Matthew in Luke 10. Just quickly turn there as we... Anyone got their word Bible out? Luke 10, real quick, real quick. Luke 10, 38. Oh my gosh, this is why people use iPads. All right. Mary Martha. We know the story, but let's go with it. Now, as he went on his way, Jesus entered the village, and a woman named Martha walked him home to her house. She had a sister called Mary... Another story, just go there. Uh, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the better portion. And it won't be taken from her. Other translation says you're distracted by many things. You're worried about many things. You're upset about many things. You understand we're all busy. Okay? I get it. You know, trying to get all things done, but always feel like we're falling behind. Anyone else feel that way? It's like Jesus busy. So much on your plate. All right? But if we're not careful, this is what we do. If we're not careful, we shelve the important to do the urgent. See, just because something's urgent doesn't mean it's important. See, urgent, urgent means it needs the attention now, while important means it should take the highest priority in your life. And what we do is we shelve prayer, we shelve time with God, we shelve the Bible, which is all important, should take priority to the urgent. Can I, can I, can I encourage you? If we did more of the 
important stuff, we'd have less urgent stuff to do in our lives. I have to get my kids fixed up because they're bad this, they're this and this. If we had God's Word in us and we started living this way, and we, we, we would actually interact with our kids a whole lot better and they will grow up in the ways of God and then all of a sudden I don't have to always be punishing. I don't have to try and, and, and squat out little fires everywhere. Does that make sense? Yes? Jesus said, one thing is needed. Don't be distracted by the urgent when the most important thing is needed, and that is time with Jesus. Ask yourself, not what is most important, but what is highest priority? Time with our Father is the most time. My son, time with me is the reason why he's so secure. It's the reason why he knows who he is. It's the reason why my kids are growing up because they spend time with their Father. How much more? I need him so much to do everything he's called me to do. But this is what happens. This is what happens. <laughs> so then you knock you at 5110. This is what happens. We get so distracted. We get worried about so many things. And then we start talking to God with a walkie-talkie. And we're like, God, I just need you to help me right now. Oh, God, I just need you to just please just do everything I need to do. Hey, God, are you listening? God, are you listening? God, I need you right now. Hey, God, why aren't you doing this? Why, why, God? And we just keep on talking. We keep on talking. And God's got the walkie-talkie. He's talking back. But nothing's coming through because I've got my finger on the button. And every time I've got the finger on the button, it doesn't give God access to speak to me. And we need to let go of that button so God can push the button to go, everything is okay. What button are you pushing too much of that God is waiting to respond, but he never gets a chance because we do all the talking. And let's be honest, if we do all the talking, sometimes we do all the complaining. And let's be honest, if we do all the complaining, that means we're not praying faithful prayers, amen? Let go of the button. One word from him, Ben can come up, is all we need. And as the band gets up, I want to leave you with this last illustration. We're holding on to the button because we're worried, we're stressed, because the news just told me that there's another 40,000 cases. I'm using that as an example because this is real life right now, okay? Let's just go there. I'm going there. My wife's shaking her head. What are you doing? They said I can upset them. (laughs) It's your fault. It's on camera. You said I can. There's 50,000 cases. Little tsunamis hit. I don't know if the restaurants will open back and I work in a restaurant. I'm worried. So I'm hearing all this noise. I've got the radio on. I'm listening to it all. And I've got the walkie-talkie on. So I've got this on and I've got the noise on. We can't. We're telling him everything. We're in the car and we're driving, me and my boy. And we're taking him to a party. I want to hear the news. I should just listen to mine preach and do it. And I was listening to it and I had volume up and he just turns it off. This is my car, man. What are you doing? I don't come in your room and tell you what to do. I do. I go, what did you turn it off for? I don't want to hear talking. All of a sudden, all that just went away. I'm not being ignorant to what's going out there. I just need to turn some things off. I know what's going on out there. I don't need to listen to the news every single day. I know what's going on. I don't need to know what's going on. I need to know how to respond to what's going on. The only way I can know how to respond is to hear clearly from God on how I need to react, not react, to respond to the situation in the world I'm in today. And that means pressing off on on, on your radio sometimes, 
letting go of the walkie-talkie, getting on your knees and receiving from him. Amen. So can I just pray for you this morning if there's anything blocking your prayer life? Father, we just, um, we want to, like CJ said, we want to go 100 miles an hour, 100 kilometers an hour this year. Whatever's stopping us, Lord, maybe it's the way we approach prayer. We feel like you have every right, but you know it's stopping you from all he has. Maybe you have doubt. Maybe you are distracted by many things. With every eye closed, only you know this. Ask him to search your heart now. You know, Holy Spirit is knocking at your heart because you feel it racing. This is life and death because prayer is our lifeline to the Father. So, with your eyes closed, just deal with whatever it is that God is highlighting right now. You don't need to respond, you don't need to put your hand up, you don't need this is you and Him. Let's have a moment. while you're just thinking like say I haven't spoken I haven't prayed in a while I don't even know where to start if you're a believer you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit like we had this morning the best place to start is speaking tongues this gift that God's given us the gift of tongues enables us to communicate straight to the heaven you might not know what you're saying but He hears you He empowers you He forgives you. So if you need it, just under your breath, speak in tongues. Go for it. If you need to repent, it's the best prayer to start in repentance. Sometimes they upset me, they do things, and they feel like they can't approach me again. And I'm there going, just come. I don't care what you did. Say sorry and come back to me. Let's hang out. And then my heart breaks when they come with a big hug. How much more your heavenly Father right now loves you so much. So much. God, we just thank you that you love me and every single person listening to the sound of my voice. We approach you with this boldness because of Jesus. with our hands open I just want a hug there's no 1.5 meters with Jesus he's all in so why don't we just why don't we stand keep your eyes closed and stand if you can do that open your eyes if you need to but just stand stay in that moment with him and just raise your hands if you will 
You don't have to. It's just if you... And it's like a child who's just got his hands raised or her hands raised. And the dad's picking you up. He's loving on you. Holy Spirit, right now, just come and lavish goodness over our hearts, right now, over our lives. Speak to your children with this. That you are loved by Father God in heaven. You're forgiven. Restore hearts, Lord, where there is bitterness in hearts, Lord. I ask that you unlock it and help people forgive. Help people to have faith and rather in doubt. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.